Good morning, afternoon, and evening, Supercoach Elites. Welcome back to another Supercoach Elites podcast, proudly sponsored by the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash SC Elites and our mates at supercoachchampion.com. My name's Corey, and as always, alongside me is the Bombs Express. Choo choo! That's right, Corey, the Bombs Express is back. And I felt like I had to give the chew a bit of an extra chuff there, Corey, because you just already you went off chop set right at the start. Up but, and about, um, Bombs, up and about. Good podcast today. I'm super excited. You sound like you must have done some research by the uh, oh, way excited you are. Mate, 15 hours today. <laughs> yeah, not surprised. Look, today we'll uh, we'll have a look at GMS and Hawthorne in a bit of a pre-season uh, preview, Corey. But before we do that, mate, where can the listeners see us up on social media? Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Patreon at SC Elites, Facebook, iTunes, SoundClouds, and YouTube at Supercoach Elites. The live videos will come back after the quick fire segment, so we are super excited for that. Hey, Bombs... Is there any yeah. update on what the fuck's happening with the preseason now? Um, well, yeah, did we not talk about this the other day? No, I don't think so we spoke about it. Yeah. Day? Yeah. Um, well, as far as I know, there's one round of games. But um, with COVID and everything? Yeah, touche. Well, I guess we won't know because it will be pending some announcements uh, when this getting released on Wednesday. So that's two days from today. Yeah. No, this getting released tomorrow. It's getting released Tuesday. Um, so we're waiting for Wednesday's, um, update, aren't we? I'd assume so, I've got no idea. Yeah, no idea. Um, I mean, you'd assume, from what I know, is that they've, um, put in some new kind of mandatory, uh, training requirements and, and all that sort of crap within clubs and, and all the rest of it. So, um, as, that's the only change I'm aware of at the moment, but, you know, Albeit, uh, hopefully things will, will sort of be alright and, and we'll open back up come Thursday and um, we might not open up fully for you, but we'll, we'll get, you know, we'll, we'll progressively get back to where we were, I reckon. And uh, yeah, hopefully, um, you know, like Feb, that the, um, the clubs can have their, you know, games against each other that are organised and they can't organise one lesson and then the week after they'll, um, they'll have the one game that will certainly get some stats to and um, we'll take off. Mid-March. Well, oh, look, we all know COVID just takes a backward step to sport anyway, Bomps. So, sport teams that seems well, to win out every single time. So, literally, yeah. Literally, uh, uh, Australian Open just continuing as it pleases. Um, look, we've got an exciting pod. we got GWS and Hawthorne. Uh, two of the teams that always provide great value. GWS seems to put a couple of rooks out on the board every year that you, know, you don't really expect. Um, they've got the Come Express, which always gets me excited. And then uh, the Hawks, they're going to be a basket case. So they should uh, have a couple pop up as well, a couple of players departing, and probably time to bleed some youth bombs. So let's let's look, let's just click, kick straight into it. Today I've remembered. It's, rook, it's cash cows, it's our mid-prices, it's our primos, it is the players that you should avoid, and of course, it is the Atlantis Statements, Bonfa. Get excited, <laughs> my friend, you are up. Who is your cash cow from the Greater West City Giants? Greater West City Giants, I'm glad to have that. And, and you know what, congratulations to JWS, Corey. This is 10 years in the system now, I think. They, is it really? They, they come on in 2011. Fucking hell, that was quick, yep. Pretty sure they did. Um... So, well, not that anyone would get too fucked, because I'm sure no one in Sydney listens to this fucking podcast, unless they're travelling all over the world like fucking old mate Robert boy. Um, but uh, now, now you, you heard about Chug for Elites, Corey, right? Hashtag Chug for Elites. Well, there's a bloke from GWS that's saying, hold on, where is my Chug for Elites? Because his name's where, Corey? 
Where? Right. W, I don't even know if, I don't even know if I've said that right. W-E-H-R. That's the fella. Jacob. And Jacob Wahoo. Yep. That fucker Wahoo, Wee, Wah. Fucking maybe Frogger. He's probably got some international experience in his fucking last name here. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's probably Dutch of some kind. I don't know. Anyway, Corey, get him in and potentially even put him on your field right now. Put him alongside Chuck because defenders... Get rid of fucking all your premiums because we are fucking loaded with defender premiums this year. I'm telling you now. Chug and Ware, they'll be there round one. And uh, where will he be, Corey? Well, he'll be on a halfback flank. That's that's what these uh, that's what the listeners want to know. He's a 22-year-old, mature, running defender. He turns 23 this year, currently 22. Um, now, if this isn't a like-for-like replacement for Zach Williams and Heath Shaw... Then what you're saying, Corey? Fucking woe is me. You're loving that, isn't Well, fucking, I'm just trying to harness a little bit of inner CBD because usually I'll just say, "Well, then fuck me dead." But I'm just trying to be a little bit, <laughs> trying to be a little bit more PC, Corey. So woe is me. He'll debut round one. Don't even worry about it. Put him there and just fucking lock him there. And I'll tell you what, the community there might be onto something, Corey, because guess what his ownership figures are at the moment. What are we sitting at, bombs? Well, when I ask you to take a guess, Corey. Thirty-two percent. Um, I was Wait, was that a no or a yes? No, yes, 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 yes. Oh, okay. So yeah. no, that was yes. Yes, he's currently sitting there. I was going to give you some information there, Corey, just to get him in there, but you seem to be one of those 35% of uh, half your marbles in Yeah, he's sitting at D7. Yeah, no, 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 that's fair enough. And look, most people won't have him on foot because we haven't covered probably two big rookies that will come up in the coming days that will probably uh, get the on-starting positions, I reckon, for our teams. But... Uh, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you where this man should be, Corey. He should be in virtually, well, not virtually, every single person that tunes into this program, Corey, should have should have him. Yeah, no, I love it. And uh, great, look, great insight, Bombs. It's it's knowledge, it's research, it's hard research rather than looking at the prospectus this year. So um, clap, clap to you because you may have unlocked a gem there for everyone. You know, the, the 65% of people who don't have him, uh, you've probably helped them out big time. And then you have better off. Uh, yep, I'll go with Zachy Sproul, my friend. Um, big fan of this man, 197 centimetres. I think he's finally got an AFL-ready body. Um, been following this guy for on with Round the Grounds for probably about four years now, Bombs. Since he was 18, came to the comp. Uh, demolished the Magoos constantly, and he was probably... wouldn't say unlucky because he was young and probably not AFL-ready, um, but, you know, would kick four week in, week out in the Magoos and obviously couldn't get in with the likes of uh, Jeremy Cameron and, um, you know, a couple of the other big boys that they had coming uh, running around, uh, Cam McCarthy in that at stages too. But uh, Zachy Sproul will play football this year. He will get a gig up uh, in the forward line for GWS. May not be from round one, but he will play football. Not going to set the world on fire with scores, but look, it is a name and it may be a downgrade target at some stage. But put a little asterisk next to Zachy Sproul and then hit me up when he debuts. Yeah. Yeah, just confirm. Did you say sprawl or scroll? Ah, oh, sprawl, sprawl. I don't really know how to pronounce it. All right. 
Because I thought you might have said S-C-R. No, 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 Sproul, S-P-R-O-U-L-E. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Just a little bit hard to hear you there, because, or maybe it's just me and a few hunger pains that are going on here, Corey, just in getting involved. I kind of wouldn't mind a, a bit of a scroll on it. But, um, no, all right, I'll keep an eye on that one. Yeah, pencil it in. We'll play. Uh, you mid-pricer, I think there's only one, but I'll let you have a go. Really? Yeah, I'll... I think there's always right, one, isn't there? Yeah, no, because you've got some weird fucking, um, you got some weird, uh, what do you call it, rules about what constitutes a mid price. Because I assume when you say there's only one, it's the Come Express, right? Correct. Uh, yeah, wow, well, yeah. correct. But no, yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. It's obviously Big Boy. Brucey. Oh, hey, no, well, fucking woe is me, Corey, because I fucking totally neglected him. Actually, he's just sitting in your team that you completely forgot to talk about him on the podcast. Literally, <laughs> yeah, he's been there the entire time. He's never actually moved down. I haven't even contemplated. I just thought, yeah. fucking, oh, well, fucking death. I but, know who you're running with here, I think. And I'm, is it Tom Green? No. Ah, there you go. Fuck, I thought for well, sure. I'm going to cheat again, Corey. Can I borrow $3,700 from the bank to go over my 450k limit? Go for it, mate. All right, because it's him Taranto. Because I thought you might have got cheated up as well when I. um. Started looking, or well, well, when I maybe mentioned his name. Are you up with that? Loved him, Taranto. I have actually had a strong look with that Cunners pick. Have had a strong look at Taranto. Because you think about him. I keep saying this every podcast for him. They don't need to be top of their position, but this is more of a segment for you know who's going to improve. Yep. You know, ten plus points in the average from last year. Taranto's one of them. He's better than an eighty-four. Oh, definitely. Yeah, oh, uh, mate, you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't be, I was going to say, you wouldn't be surprised if you flatlined, you know, 100 or 105, like, none of that would shock you. Yeah, yeah, that's right, and so that's why he's, um, he's on mid-price, because, you know, when it comes to these draft leagues, sometimes people sort their drafts by, you know, last year's average, so if you don't do your pre-draft rankings and this kind of stuff, a goal like this could slip, slip. a fair way down there, Corey, and um, you could end up with a gem. But I suspect he's going to return to triple-figure averages. It's probably not going to be as high as 110. I think that's unrealistic. But um, I reckon he's certainly 15 points under promise. Yeah, well, what, him and Hopper probably still competing for that third and fourth spot there still. Um, both absolute guns. I love it. You'd assume that Toby Green's kind of midfield minutes will go down with the fact of Jeremy Cameron going out. They're going to need Green playing. I know, very different position, but um, going to need to have a little bit more score involvement up there too. I really like this pick, Bumps. It's one that I really, really like and one that I haven't seen a lot of teams run. No, and, you know, it's actually, it might surprise you because you might not have seen the teams. He's only about 15% at the moment. Oh, there you go. Yeah, and I actually think that, and because he's 450k, because you see, think about this, and where his price is, there's people out there that are like, well, fucking Cunnington is a lock. Well, I'm sorry, but Tim Taranto is a significant, going to be a significantly better super coach than Ben Cunnington, I think, this year. And uh, you, you'd assume that maybe that is a lot lower too, with the amount of people from last year who were a little bit burnt by him paying, you know, 550 to begin the season. Want to pay it up. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it's not going to, I think he's, um, you know, he's in and around that point. So I think people might be, you know, scratching for someone in that position because there's going to be a lot of teams start coming to, you know, there might be a few running Heppel, there might be, you know, a couple running Dacos or some of these other players that people think are just going to explode a little bit. Um, Tim Taranto kind of fits in that position. So if the structure of your team is around one midfielder, say M5, around, you know, between that four to $500,000 price bracket, I reckon Tim Taranto is the pick of the bunch. Yeah, you like him the most? 
I do. Yeah, well, I'm not going to lie, I've had to play with him, Cunners and Dacos. That seems yes. to be my uh, roulette at the moment. Yes. Yeah, no, look, I like it. I'm glad you went there. I'm almost glad you forgot all about Prusy. But uh, I'll go. I'll steer the <laughs> ship back and call bombs. It's got to be Braden Pruce. I mean, the names, read out these names. Josh Kelly, Stephen Canelio, Jacob Hopper, Tim Taranto, Toby Green. Bombs, you could probably walk in there and ruck for them this year and uh, average a close to 100 on the season, my friend. Probably, it's probably Yeah, this is a man that sat behind um, what some Gordon of the best ruckmen. He sat behind Goldstein and Gorn. He's worked on his ruck craft for a very, very long time. What would he be now? 27, 28? Bruce. Oh, Might even be a little bit younger, actually. Yeah, than that. yeah, 25. There you go. But he is a big, big boy. 206 centimetres tall. Uh, 114 kegs. This is a man that is ready to explode. Come on the scene and is going to be the difference between teams affording players and not affording them. I tell you what, he'll come close to running the whole season out this year, too. In your super coach sides, it'll be almost, it'll be very, very close to one of your last upgrades, bar injury. Yeah, don't know if I can make that big of a call because if you're starting only Grundy and Proust like I am, then uh, you probably don't want to go too long without Max Gorn. So, um, don't know about running the whole season, but interestingly enough, he's only owned by thirty percent, which says to me that there's only thirty percent of coaches out there that want to do one Primo and Proust, which. Sort of says to me, there's going to be a lot of teams out there then that are probably going to start the Gorn and Grundy combo. Yeah, and look, I, I, I I'm actually a little, I'm, I'm a little bit conflicted by that too because I don't really think we've had been given one this good for a while. You know, you know, what was that word I used on John podcast for? The caveat. Was that the word? The caveat. Yep. Remember the caveat I put on Jordan Clark, and um, there was another caveat. guy for the caveat. Who are you? Well. Who are you? What do you mean, who am I? Caveat. I'm a fucking intellect boy. <laughs> what do you... Well, I thought we were trying to, you know, bring, you know, a bit more of an upper echelon. Well, I thought, his, I uh, thought maybe caveat was more of a... Um, so it was a dip, didn't you? No, nah, I thought it was more of a YouTube term rather than, uh, you know, just your standard podcast. Well, Corey, unless, to, to be honest, unless they're fucking putting caveats on smoked ribs, then I probably haven't seen it on YouTube, to be honest, because it's about the only, only watch barbecue on YouTube. Um, now, the caveat here, Corey, is... That when you pick a guy, two to three hundred thousand, he needs to play every single week. He needs to be in the best twenty-two. Tick tick, straight up. You don't even need to think about that. If any peanuts out there worried about Shane Mumford, then seriously, get back on a pack of sausages with Mumford because there's no chance they're playing two players at above one hundred and ten kegs in the same team every single week when the game's got limited rotations. Are you, you might, kidding? You might be doing something else other than sausages with Mumford. If that's what you're thinking. Well, well, fucking well with me, Corey. That's all I know. Fucking well with me. Um, now, 300,000. There are people out there structuring their teams like, oh, fucking, let's go pick uh, Jack Zeeble in the forward line. That way I can afford fucking Max Gorn in the rucks. Well, what's the better combination? Jack Zeeble with his injury history and Max Gorn or Braden Proust and Paddy Dangerfield? Yeah, it's a no-brainer. It's Proust and Dangerfield all day long, in my opinion. So stop being stupid. Just fucking get him. What do you think he's averaging? Uh, well, it depends how much rucks get nerfed, because I am a believer that rucks will be nerfed this year. Um, high 80s to low 90s, so that range of 88 to 93. See, I think it'll be. I think it'll be 95 to 100. Okay. 
Yeah. I think we are about to get an insanely good season out of this man. He's he's hungry too, and I, th I think he really has a point to prove. Imagine buying your time for that long. Oh. Getting traded from club to club just to sit as a backup ruckman, and then GWS come knocking and say, hey, Mr. Bruce, um, we've, we've got a position here available for you. Um, mate, he's not changing club to be backup to Shane fucking Mumford. <laughs> uh, Bruce, do you mind uh, coming sitting behind Mumford for a season and a half? Yeah, then we'll trade for But, yeah, look, I think, I think it's a no-brainer. Um, I'm so big on this combination. It's not funny. Uh, I think the last time, I honestly think the last time we had one this good at the mid-price from the get-go was that year Sandy was bugger all. Yep. Yep. Other than that, I don't think we've had one for a very, very long time. Yeah, your premium bumps. Uh, premium from GWS. Now, this was a, a bit of a chat, and I thought I'd just talk about this in the pod because, um, you know me, Corey, when, uh, when, the, when the listeners get, you know, start shoving out their hard-earned right. Bombs, he, he comes to the party, he starts to engage a bit more on the Patreon, doesn't he, Corey? You've and been we very had a good active. Old chat. Did you read the chat about Josh Gallagher the other day? Yeah, fuck, I don't have time to read your shit. Oh, well, it's usually, you know, tied in with the shit of the community too, Corey. <laughs> but, look, there, there's, there's some people out there who, who are looking at Josh Kelly. Now, this is essentially what I said, or some of the, a big conversation for listeners. I said this. When you pick Josh Kelly, pick him when he's fit. Because there's no issue with the points he scores, it's just the games he's going to miss. If you are that big of a fan and you are okay and understanding that he may miss four or five games a year and you are will, prepared will to miss, wait not may, he will. <laughs> yeah, he will miss. <laughs> if you're prepared to ride the four or five games missed, then fucking by all means pick him because there's not going to be many players out there who are going to average more. There's not many players in this competition who can score 200 points on any given game. He's one of them. And so his talent is there. Um, his super coach history is clearly there. The only thing that's preventing this guy from being a walk-up starting to every single fucking team out there, and I'm talking like, you know, 60% sort of numbers, is the fact that he doesn't play full seasons of football. Yeah, not but one of those. He is, without a doubt... A 110-plus average player. Oh, easy. He's one of those players that doesn't play through pain either. I mean, if there's something mildly wrong with the body, he won't play. One thing I do want to add on that too, Bombs, is that be prepared for a real mental head fuck if you pick Josh Kelly. Because you will be told it's a one-week injury. And that could be two, three, or four. And, and trust me, this is a bloke who's had Cali every year for about the last fucking five years. Just be prepared for your brain to be mentally fucked in the face. Uh, are you are you contemplating him at this point? I, I'm contemplating him every year. <laughs> if you don't start him, can you let me know and let the viewers know? Because, well, they're listeners at this point because we've got no viewers. Let them know because... The year you don't starting is the year it's going to be right. Like it's yeah. going to be, that's going to be the good year. And that's the thing. It's I. I don't want that FOMO to set in. It's I'm trying to find a way to deal with like him five at the moment. Like. Oh, no, you, one oh you definitely can only have one of them. You can only no. have one of them. They yeah. both. They're the same. They're the same person, really. At the end of the day. Yeah. You know what? I'd encourage you to do this as well. If you're going to pick Josh Kelly, which. You know, it's your prerogative. 
another big word of the day there, Corey. We uh, the intellect. I'll tell you now, we might be recruiting some people from fucking China with this sort of intellect we've got going on here, Corey. There, you, you must surround him with players of the ilk of Lockie Neal, yeah. Clayton Oliver, Jackson McRae, these types who just absolutely never miss games. Because the last thing you want is to have two midfielders missing on any given week. With one, you might get a bit of a loophole. You might be able to deal with it. You might be all right. But by all means, if you're going to run the Josh Kelly pick, get some security in terms of injury history with all the primos you pick around you. So that means if you're starting Josh Kelly, that'd be a hero and fucking go pick. Um, Cunnington, not with ongoing back issues. That's not going to work. Yeah, no five. That's correct, no five. Yeah. Five's out of the question. Um, speaking of injury history, you see Trelaw's touch and go for round one? Well... That a calf. I mean, what do you say what do you do? Um, Probably go like... It makes me more likely to start dunking, yeah, that's same. for sure. Definitely. Because it'll be a whole year thing, too. Um, no, this is not the Bulldogs podcast. But... No, no. Um, my premium's Lucky Whitfield. I think the fact that we've just got him as a defender at 560k is just an absolute steal. Right now, I'm trying to find a way to get Zach Williams up to Lucky Whitfield. Um, he's a gun. You're not, there's not too much to say. Again, he's just one of those players that can just absolutely explode and get plenty of pill. But as far as GWS go and premiums, I mean... Tim Taranto's meant to be in that category. Um, but I think Lockie Whitfield will have another se- a great season again. You see more half-back flank time for him, Bobs? No. no. I don't know. He's, he's, that role in the wing is sort of perfect for him. Yep. Um, he's a bit of a cat when he plays. And so just leave him out in that wing. Let him sort of get involved in chains and link it up and just use his kind of foot skills. He'll no doubt sort of roll through half-back. It kind of depends... You know, Williams and Shaw have gone, and I know I've put, I've debuted where right now, haven't I, Corey? But, um, you know, Whitfield might be a chance to squeeze where out of the team um, if they decide to go that way. But, um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one because a bloke can run all day, you know, average 104 last year and didn't even, felt like he didn't even mind yeah. up, he didn't even get out of second year. And, and I think that's the big advantage. But, again, this is one of those things where, you know, you pick him knowing. You're going to get 17, 18 games from him, I reckon, even though he played every single one last year. I just, for some reason, I'm not hugely confident in his body still, even after a full year last year. Um, I don't like the combination of Whitfield and Zach Williams because of games played history between the two of them. I think you can run one of them, um, and then you pair them up with real consistent games played Boy, players like Lloyd and Laird. Yep. Um, it's funny, we've just done probably a big 360 on what we would have said last year as well. I mean, you, I reckon 100% you would have gone Zach uh, Lockie Whitfield, and I probably would have gone George Kelly. Um, yeah, I just think Laird's, well, I mean, we spoke about, we've been through the Adelaide podcast, and Lloyd is very hard to ignore. Um, Whitfield's certainly in contention. It's just one of those things like, where do I pull the 100 grand from to get Williams up yeah. to Whitfield? You know what I mean? Like, I know which. Yeah, I know Whitfield is top six, and I know Williams is just value in maybe top ten at best kind of thing. But um, yeah, tough. I mean, I, certainly if your backline reads Lloyd Blair Whitfield, 
you're doing absolutely nothing wrong because I think there's going to be such a plethora of defender rookies. And, and maybe that's how I get the money. Maybe I, I pissed someone off that I spoke about yesterday, like Jordan Clark, yes. and move him down to 120k guy and then move Williams up to the field. Maybe that's how I do it. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Uh, you do not touch? Um, from GWS, my do not touch is Stephen Cornelio. Um, people will think he might be able to rebound. Spoke about players who um, have the ability to kind of score 200. He's not far off that, but I think just at the end of the day, like, um, I think he's better than the 90, what do you have last year, 98 that he averaged last year. He certainly better than that. But when you look at his career as a whole, he's only averaged over 103 times in his career, with the best being 108, um, and the other two years, 105 and 101. So, you're gonna if you're gonna pay that price, you know, five thirty essentially for Cornelio, fuck you wanna be you wanna be confident that he's gonna be top six or uh, sorry, top eight, I would have thought. And um, he doesn't feel confidence for me to do that. So two percent ownership out there, I think they're um, a little way off. Uh, in the same vein as you mate, mine's Toby Green. Um, like I said before, those forward minutes are definitely going to be up. I can't see him getting too much more time around the, the, the midfield. He will look there. The splits still will be there. Um, but I think this is a bit of a, a nostalgic pick rather than anything. I think a lot of people will be like, oh, Toby Green is, you know, 450. He can he can definitely wind back the clock to his form of two or three mm-hmm. years ago and, and come out and pop. But it's one that you just let go to the keeper. There's way too much value up forward and uh, put a little bit of an X through Toby Green's name now and then reevaluate if he somehow manages to become top six at back end. But I just, yeah, there's too many inconsistent games out of him. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, um, yeah, that whole midfield talk, thank you, but that's what I'm. Beautiful. Uh, Hawthorne? Well, I, I wouldn't mind um, just having an advantage statement about you. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that shit. Yeah, let's go. Uh, <laughs> it's probably the bit I reckon the listeners almost <laughs> the most thinking fucking. I try and save him. I try and save him for the back end of the pod. Oh well, if you want to save. Nah, him, nah, I'm joking. I just forgot about right. it. <laughs> well, people might they they're going to listen to the first part of this podcast and they're going to be like, well, this bloke he's he's spoken about where and and they might be thinking, Corey, well, where's he going to finish in terms of money made? He will be the first rookie in our teams to reach four hundred thousand. Oh, there you go. I like that one from you, Bombs. No, no, I got very inventive with that one. Keep it super coach relevant. That's the feedback I've received. Yep, that beautiful. Um, I'm going to go that Josh Kelly's the number one scoring midfielder on the year, 133.4. Because he's only just. I, I had to. I had to go a little bit higher because he's only just pipped out Matty Rao. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He gave him 130. Yeah, yeah. Three, wasn't it? Hundred, no, I think it was 131.4 or something. Just to yeah, be trying to hear. Yeah, uh, yeah, probably about fourth year in a row that I'm running that same one. I didn't even talk, I just went to the toilet, press play and come back. Um, on to the Hawkers, mate. How are you looking? How, how are they looking? Well, they're not looking great, that's for sure. They're, um, well, let's be honest, Corey, they're essentially fucked. Um, but in terms of some, you know, when you've got a team that's, that's absolutely cooked, when you've got a team that um, is going through transitions, going through some things, Corey, they're going through, through some phases. Going through changes. Yeah, going through changes. That's that's the word I was looking for. Um, it presents some options then, doesn't it? Um, and I think the one that we're starting to see people get a little bit excited about, and it's probably why we need to speak to him, speak about him because he's only by 11% of teams, is Jarman Yeah. 
just straight off the bat, do you like it? Well, I have had a look. I've had had a serious look when it when you're dealing with um when you're dealing with that uh, fucking what's the dickhead from North Melbourne's name. Um, Zebel, when you're having a look at that Zebel situation, you have to have a look at the MP situation. I really want to, like, this is one that I would have loved to have seen a little bit more preseason games. But um, Jarman MP was used behind the ball at one stage, and I think if he goes back to that, it could be pretty handy. Yep, I think he is a better option than Zebel. Yeah. And Zebel's actually been, and it's more so the price point than anything else. And look, I mean, Zebel behind the ball, I mean, I'm not saying you're cheap, but. 45000 a fair bit of money, I reckon. Can I say something? Sorry, I know this isn't a North Melbourne podcast and we will touch it there, but why is everyone getting so excited about Jack Zebel behind the ball when the, the ball's clearly going to Tom McDonald? Uh, not Tom McDonald. Luke McDonald. Uh, Luke McDonald. Yeah, Luke McDonald. Um, I don't, look, people say 250K. Yeah. I think Zebel, and I think Zebel has an aura about him or a stigma attached to him that he's a much better footballer than he actually is. Yeah, and because uh, this is why I keep, that's what people are buying. This is why I keep looking at the Jarman MP factor because I'm just like, probably going to use the ball. They don't have much back there. He's yep. pretty yeah. cool. He's like, a kicker system. Yep. Yeah. He's got pace in him. Yeah. Yeah, it's no assist to start the year. It's it's no, one. It's year, ACL, wasn't it? Pardon? Late year? Did assist year? Yeah, last year. That's what I said. No assist to start the year. Oh, I think he'll be gone the entire year. But yeah, well, sorry. Wow, entire year, round 17, wherever the fuck he comes back at. Talk, talk about a target in 2022. Yeah, oh, baby. Rub one out to that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Impy. Oh, oh, huge fan. Really loved it. It was mine as well. Yeah, so, so I think Impy is... Um, I think Impy's an option. Um, and we'll, we'll, probably have, we'll probably have a podcast about structure at some point, but I don't even mind the teams that sort of just go with the two primos in the forward line and then, like, four guys at, like, 200K or three guys at 200K. Even, you know, Danaher, Zeebel, Impey, and, you know, Dow, probably less less realistic, sort of thrown into that bunch too. Um, and there'll probably be another one or two that will... That'll get thrown up as well at some point, I'd imagine. But um, certainly, Impy off that kind of back flank, even if it is up on the wing, um, or you know, even as a forward pocket, I think Impy just walks into the team, providing he's injury free. And again, let's use the caveat word, Corey. If he's injury free, is he in the team? I think the answer is yes. So tick. That means he's an option then at that two hundred thousand dollar price bracket. All right. So, for me, he's ticking boxes, and for me, at the moment, he's sitting in my team. Yeah, there's no question. At the moment, I don't actually have him in my team more because I've still got Zeebel sitting there. You know how I pick my team. It's based on uh, the position rather than the player. Um, but he is one that seriously considering over Zeebel. Yeah, fair enough. The, the other rookie I just wanted to mention quickly was Finn McGuinness. A, because I like the name Finn, but B... I think we've been um, kicked in the groin on this one because he played one game last year and scored uh, 52. So that makes his starting price 195k, which is fucking bullshit. Bit rich, eh? Yeah, which is fucking bullshit. They put him at 150. He's, he's virtually a walk-up start. I think he's getting games this year. Yeah. Um, they, I think they liked what they saw from him. He had 18 touches in that game. He played with five tackles and two clearances. Um, so I just... I just think, um, yeah, it was a bit stiff because he did debut in the last game of the year. But from what I've heard, they, they were fans of what he'd done. And I think he'll be there probably around one. 
It's just fucking shit that he's 195,000. Yeah, um, mid-pricer. Oh. Um, didn't even have to search very far for this one. Did you say what? Uh, yeah, you cut it out for a quick sec, but oh, yeah, sorry, go, go, go. Yeah, Tom, go. Phillips. Uh, go. Yeah, yeah, Tom, Tom Phillips. Phillips, yeah. Um, how can he not be the mid-pricer? Yeah. Because he's averaged 90 before in his career. Um, now, he's going to own, he's going to absolutely own the Hawthorne win. No Scully, no Isaac Smith. Who else are they going to fucking put there? Yeah, no one. <laughs> he might he might play, he might have to play on both wings, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon that'll just double his points. Yeah. You know, kick it from one side, run to the other, and then, you know, get a mark on, on transition on the other side. Um, 400,000 presents value. Um, yeah, big time. You know, I'd give him a 7.5% th- mm, chance to average 100 this year. Yeah, um, don't, I don't mind four, it. At 400,000, it's a risky, risky pick, owned by 8% at the moment. Wow, um, really? Yep. No, no, people... Fuck, that's heaps of nuts for value. I'll tell you it, it's heaps of value. He was my mid-pricer as well. It's heaps of value. I, I think it's a fantastic pick. And sorry to cut you off, but don't forget, this is this is a man who had one of the hottest five-game patches you will ever see in your fucking super coach life in, what, 2018, 2019? One of those years when he just absolutely fucking popped on the wing for Collingwood. Um, I love this pick. And I think Hawthorne are friendly enough to their wingers. Because Isaac Smith's, yeah. well, what he averaged over his career, close to 90 his entire career. There would have been a season where it was high 90s as well. Yeah. yeah. And the thing with um, Isaac Smith is he was more pace and wasn't an accumulator of the ball. This guy accumulates a lot yeah. more than Isaac Smith would have. Um, and so for that reason, I, I think he's an option. Um, it's just one of those picks that I'd rather wait and see and then buy him maybe for an extra 80, 90, 100,000 when I know he's sort of producing the numbers. Yeah. Because if it doesn't go right at 400,000, you're a little bit in no man's land. It's a player that I can almost guarantee if you don't start, you'll never own, though. No, necessarily. I don't think you're picking him up at 490. I don't think Tom Phillips is your first... If he's turning at 100... I don't think he's your first upgrade target, but... Yeah, you, you, in that stage, you're like, oh, I'm probably putting an extra 50, 60k and going someone a little bit better. Don't than think Marshall, Martin, yeah. Danger, yeah, maybe even Zorko. So that, that's the thing. It, it's so incredibly top-heavy, the forward line, at this point in time, that it makes it hard to see him actually crack into that um, sort of top eight kind of bracket. Um, so, that, I mean, that, that's, that's kind of the negative. If this was last year... I'd almost take the punt. It's, it's fun. I think we've been gifted way too many forwards. Yeah. But it's almost become a little bit too easy. Yeah, but again, didn't we say that last year and then fucking like Simpkin emerged and Petrapa and... Yeah, yeah. But at that point, we probably thought Devin Smith was a good thing. Um, <laughs> at that point, we thought Walters was a good thing. And, and when you compare names like Devin Smith and Walters to the names of Dangerfield and Bunkley, Sidebottom, Zorko... Yeah. I don't think much is going wrong this it's, year. It's, a different, it's a different echelon, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love the peak. The forward mid is the sexiest part about that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you gotta have you gotta have balls. You gotta have balls. That's for sure. Um, oh, look, I was gonna touch too because I also had Will Day there. I think Will Day is gonna have a fantastic year. It's too expensive. You give me maybe an extra, I don't know, 
they're closer to 300. I'm probably I'm probably prepared to take the punt on that. But with Sicily out, I think Day's going to pop. Yeah, they loved his ability to use the ball, certainly, last year. Um, he's And I watched him very closely because I was a big fan and, and obviously, you know, I, I had him last year and um, spoke very fondly of him on the program. Um, a little bit too fondly sometimes, Bob. Yeah, I reckon a little bit too fondly too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you, you can't possibly pick Will Day and not just sub 400k. Um, but, yeah, I mean, again, um, he'll improve the average. It might only be by... 10 points, but 10 points only getting to 80, which is not enough to warrant a selection in, in, in uh, classic teams. Are you primo? <sighs> it has to be Tom Mitchell, because uh. um, I think he's the only one they um, they actually own. Um, well, people will, will say what they want about Tom Mitchell, because people can say what they want, can't they, Corey? That's you know, naturally what happens um, when you have three months. Uh, depends if you live in Melbourne, mate. <laughs> yeah, too um, Because people are going to sort of, oh, it was 120 a couple of years ago, and then 129, and then he broke his leg, and fucking this, and fucking that. I'll tell you what, he came back from a broken leg and didn't miss a fucking game yeah. last year. The, the three seasons prior to breaking his leg, he didn't miss a game, Corey. And then the games he missed at Sydney were only because Longmore kept dropping him. <laughs> so people might think Tom Mitchell... Knee, injury history, not relevant, because does not miss games. Ownership right he misses, now? He misses seasons, but doesn't miss games. You know my ownership button doesn't work? Uh, I'm on 13%. Oh. Have you paid for gold? Maybe yeah, no, I have paid for gold. Oh, hang on. You don't, you don't click on... Are you doing it off the main screen, or...? You you gotta search the player like if you're trading them in kind of thing. That's where. Yeah. Um, okay. Cool. That's why it doesn't work for me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. So Tom Mitchell, 113. I reckon slightly under. Slot would not surprise me to see him go back to 120. It's just one of those things where you've, there's a little bit of talk this preseason about a, a sort of like a little bit of an injury, and he had a bit of off you know um, late season or end of season surgery that kind of crap. I think he'll come back. He'll be good. There's absolutely no doubt. But at 600000 you're probably likely to you know, pay that price when upgrading to him anyway. Yeah. So if there is that kind of cloud around injury and that, then on more of a maybe just let's just wait and see how it goes first. Um, but uh, zero issue with anyone that wants to start him in the team. Because 610, you know, this is a guy that should be priced you know, more up around McRae's level. Historically performs pretty good against this in round one, two. Richmond, Geelong, a couple of tough games after that. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, can I say this as well? People, people sook about his year last year, how it was a fucking damn year. They weren't yeah, happy with this, they weren't happy with that. How many times do you reckon in the 17 games he went underneath 90? Yeah, I would say bugger all. Yeah, one. Mm. And there were five games in total that he scored under 100. Only one of them were underneath 90. So what is that? Quick maths. Eleven games were hundred plus, and he still had the ceiling in there because he scored one hundred and sixty-four. There was about a six-week patch where he went one sixty-four, one hundred two, one thirty-two, one thirty-two, one twenty-two, one twenty. Yeah, you don't forget how to find the pill. That's for sure. Um, 100%. That's funny because if he's twenty grand cheaper, oh, I reckon he's in probably almost double the amount of teams. Oh fuck yeah! Yeah. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, mine's Tom Mitchell too. There's no one else at Hawthorne. They're all shit. You'll probably pick Chad Wingard as a downhill scare because you love him. But... Well, I've just confirmed him as my do not touch story. Oh, there you go. Uh, uh, Bob, what's your do not touch? 
I'll leave it at that. He's a he's a fucker. I think. Well, realistically, we've just got to accept he's never going to be anything more than what he is, and what he is is a fine contributor on the field, but in terms of super coach relevance, he's never going to be the triple figure guy. Nah, he's fucking. And I've I've sat through preseason. You know, you go through your circles. Yep. I've done I've I've done similar things, Corey. Except I've sat in triangles. <laughs> And we've looked each other dead in the eye from one point to the other. And it was on the Sosceles, in case people wonder what's kind of challenging for it. And I've just said, look, mate, it's been fun. Sometimes. I mean, mostly it's been more about pain than anything else. But I just can't do it with you anymore. I need to end this now before I get in way too deep. And uh, he looked at me and he goes, Bonds, give me one more chance. And I said, Chad, I just can't. I said, Chad, no. I'm sorry, mate, but we're done. How did you leave? Was he emotional? I think I was more emotional walking away from that, Corey, if I'm being, if I'm being honest. I think he, he just thought he could move on to bigger and better things. And um, he actually told me he was going to take one of um, Johnny Patton's uh, misses out, actually, and he was just going to fucking fuck his pain away. That's what he reckons, anyway. <laughs> you feel like you're a better man for it. <laughs> well, look, if I'm setting up with one of Pato's misses on there, Corey, he might have had a couple of good nights, and, and hopefully he's, um, hopefully he can thank him. Maybe just a thank you message from him might be nice. Uh, speaking um, of the big slug, is there any chance that you could have a look at him at 188 when he comes back from his no. suspension? That's actually why I wanted to drop his name, because <laughs> in the, I forgot to mention him in the, in the rookie section. This fucking lug of a unit... Apart from costing you a significant multi last year, remember that one? Yeah, oh, that was the worst. The same game. Was that the one where you had the first goal kicker as well? Yeah, yeah, Will, uh, oh, uh, fucking, what's his name? Yeah, Collingwood. Will, uh, Kelly. Will Kelly, yeah. Yeah, it was that game, wasn't it? Yeah. He was on the bench crying. Jonathan Patton, any time goal scorer. <laughs> oh, fuck, I remember putting, I remember, you remember the, um, the elite fucking poker night, and I had that as just my background yeah. going on. Fuck, that was a good one, actually. Yeah. But, now, please, I know people, people, People will look at that and be like 189,000, like John Patton, let's just throw him into that, you know, group of forwards around the 200,000. It would not surprise me if he does not play football again. So don't be a hero, do not select him. I don't think he's coming back, suspension, whatever it is. He's got, there's too much going on in terms of, um, well, all from his own doing, then, isn't it, Corey, when you sort of want to engage in that sort of behaviour? Oh, um, yeah. I don't see how he comes back. And if he does, I'll jump on him for first goal kicker of that game. But that's about <laughs> all it's good for, Corey. I mean, I'm not going to go fight with anything else. Biggest slug in the game as well. Well, I thought it was well, a bit more of a shovelist too, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Look, like I said, got himself to blame. Um, I'll never back him for a goal kicking or whatever again, so he can get fucked. <laughs> Piece of shit. Yeah, fucked. Yeah, yeah man, in a lot of trouble. Um, was it my do not touch? Is that where we're at? Yeah, yeah. Ah, mine's not Jonathan Segler because he's a fucking dog and fucked me last year, so he got fucked. <laughs> I remember that kick last year. Oh, chaos. it's all about that too. Yeah, the big boy getting captain. I know. He's gonna have Fucking dead. Yeah. You reckon they're going to go with the Segler Ruck shit again this year? 
big boy off from the back line. Yeah, 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 yeah that, I don't know. Kalaka is trying to fucking find something that might work. I think he's just got to accept that it's fucking... When you're doing big boy and Segler, you can probably only play... Um, well, you got to play one of them as pure forward, don't you? Yeah, where do they and, finish? Fourth um, one? Yeah. Oh, they're bottom four, too. Yeah, right? that's and, what but, I Outlandish. Um, Outlandish statement is that Tom Phillips will be a top eight forward season's end. Yeah. I don't mind it. Um, I don't really have one. Just remember, just do the opposite of something you just said, Corey. So. Uh, Jonathan Segler will be a number one scoring ruckman. I fucking hate talking about Hawthorne. You think what? Talking about Hawthorne. Do you? Yeah, they're just... They're not super coach relevant. They never are. Ah, oh, it's a bit stiff. Mitchell, Hodge, Lewis, Franklin. Oh, did you pick them recently? Yeah, in the last decade. Fuck. Half-hard listeners, <laughs> half hard listeners probably haven't even been playing for a fucking decade. Tom <laughs> yeah. Mitchell's sort of floating around. I'll tell you... You know, there's team. such a draft team. Oh, you know the one... The one, and you know what I did grand final week of um, our draft? Yep. I drafted for my keeper for this year. Yep. I dropped a player that would, may have played that week, and I fucking selected James Warple, who did not play. And I can't believe we almost went to Holtz because he's not really mid pricer. Triple figures is what I'm expecting from Warple. The Warpedo. Yeah. You reckon he can do triples? I think he'll do triples easy. Yeah. Yep. He's uh, averaged 88 last year, so he's priced at sub 500. Yeah. He's in that kind of Taranto bracket. Yeah, it's a, it's, I think Taranto's better, but there's a there's not much I think between Taranto and Walker. Coming into season three is a probably genuine midfielder as well. It's it's about time. I think he's better than Jaeger, um, just behind yeah. Tom and Tom will give him the ball. So um, I like the Walker. No one on that wing even if he wants to use a bit of pace out there, Corey. Yeah. I'm not afraid of that. It's with his shit haircut. Do you know why he needs to grow his hair back before you go on? Because since he got that Tom Mitchell haircut, one, I can't tell the difference between him out in the field, and two, he... Oh, shocking. Yeah, it's just bad. Sorry, what were we going to say about Hawks? No, no, no. And, and just, um... Nah, well, fucking... There was something he said there, and I just wanted to add something else, but that's all right. That's gone. Um... Sam, I was going to say Samson. Was that the story? Was it Samson and fucking... <laughs> And Samson. Remember when yeah, you yeah, some dickhead? Yeah, he got his fucking hair cut and lost all his power. It's better than Walpedo here. You fucking um, love that one. Fuck you to Hawthorne. <laughs> and do you know why? Why? They're not giving Liam Shields a fucking captaincy. He's been dick. They've fucking chosen Stratton and Big Boy over Liam Shields, and I'm not fucking happy about it. You should write a letter. Well, I'm not a member, so I could probably just disregard it. Oh, uh, just do what I did. Give it in. He's been such a servant to that club, such a fucking leader. Mm. You're kidding. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. Tommy Mitchell probably wouldn't be too happy about that. I think this all just but confirms um, James Sisley is the next captain of that Yeah, club. I think that's exactly what they were doing. Otherwise, they would have just handed it to Mitchell yeah. and Amir. One of those types now. Oh, but then why not give it to fucking Shields for a year, you fucking dickheads? I don't know. They should have given it to That Pat. one really grinds my fucking ears, Alan. Pat, he showed good leadership. Well, he did. 
He got on the front foot there. He got, he got on the offensive and tried to get what he wanted for him. Look, there's nothing wrong with shooting a shot. Just shot. Maybe let's do it in a legal way. <laughs> Alright, anything else to add for these two shit bombs? Huh. No, done. Alright, Alitis, on behalf of Bombs, myself, and the Patreons at patreon.com, peace out and thank you for listening.